Hello everybody, welcome back to Comic Comedians. My name is Shuby, your host, and I know it's been so long since you and I have actually gotten to speak together, but I'm so glad to be back and doing the podcast with you guys. Unfortunately, for the past couple of years, I've had to do school and I hadn't had time to do the podcast, but now I do, and I'm so excited to talk about my favorite movies, comic books, and so much more. Today, I'm going to be talking about All-Star Superman with a good friend of mine from TikTok named Liam Rogers, and we are just going to share our love for not only the book, but for the animated movie and why we are so excited for James Gunn's upcoming Superman legacy, which is said to be inspired by the All-Star Superman comic book. But before we get started, you guys know I have to open up with a joke. So why do Superman's pictures always come out so dark? Because he forgot to use the flash. All right, let's just jump into that title sequence right now. Welcome to Comic Comedians. Today I am here with Liam Rogers and we are going to be talking about All-Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Liam, how are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. Yourself? I was really excited I'm for doing... today. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm doing fantastic. I'm really excited about this too because I actually just recently uh, read All-Star Superman months ago. So this is a big thing for me. I can't believe I was sitting out on it for as long as I did, but... Uh, for those who uh, don't know what All-Star Superman is, it is a book written by Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, from 2005 to 2008. And it is basically, you know, Superman's about to die, and uh, he's got some things he's got to do before he, you know, kicks the bucket. Liam, what do you think about this book, man? I loved it. Like, I, read it I read it for, like, the first time during lockdown. Do you remember, like, when the pandemic happened, like, Comixology done a massive sale? Everywhere was doing it, but Comixology, like, you were getting, like, omnibuses on it for, like, two or three pounds i don't know how much that is in dollars it was yeah. really really cheap so i got all star really superman cheap. on that and then i read it and i was like i was just like oh i read a little bit of it one night and then i read the rest tomorrow ended up just sitting for like two or three hours straight just read the full thing the whole and thing then, yeah yeah it was like it was just one of those comics i think as well because it's like i don't know if you get this but sometimes if like a comic page is laid out very nicely it just makes it so much easier just to kind of like read on so i ended up reading on and then i was like i absolutely loved that and i didn't realize i looked at the clock hadn't looked at my phone or anything i was reading it on my tablet but even at that like i had like notifications and stuff turned off and then i was just like wait a minute it's like three hours has gone by <laughs> and then i re-bought it again uh, last year in september i saw it in uh, my comic book shop it, i was like going to pick it up today and i sat done the exact same thing reread it all just sat out in the garden it was a sunny day just reread it and i loved it even more the second time i think as well yeah, when it comes to writers like Grant Morrison, I can't wait week by week or month by month. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're one of those writers that are like, I got to sit down, I got to read this whole thing because you're that yeah, good 100%. of a writer. When I first read All-Star Superman, I was kind of the same way. I couldn't put it down because it was that good. And there are a lot of things about this book, you know, people, it's known as one of the greatest Superman stories of all time, which is yeah. debatable. What, what would you say? I don't know, I love that, and I also love um, Superman for All Seasons by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale as well, that's like yeah. up there as well, like, it's, that was just another one that I couldn't put down, so I'm very on the fence, because I read a comic, and I'm like, oh, that's the best comic I've read for that character, but then I would do the same thing over and over again, <laughs> Right. Like, wait a minute, right, I need to pick something here, this is like... <laughs> I did some like digging on this book and it ranked second in the top 300 comic books of being in sales the year that it came out. It's like I said earlier, it's recognized as one of the greatest comic book stories. Even Time Magazine ranked it as number three in their best comics of 2007. You know, it's won two I 
Yeah, it's won two Eisner Awards, which for my viewers who don't listen to uh, comic or follow comic books, it's essentially like an Oscar for yeah. comic books. So, so for Best New Series in 2006, and then it won Best uh, Continuing Series in both 2007 and 2009. You know, so, I mean, this is a highly praised book, and it's... It's surprising, like it's got an animated movie, but it's kind of surprising that this is the first time we're, uh, with James Gunn, which we'll dive into later, that it's now finally being adapted. Yeah, that's like what I think as well. Like when he mentioned it, I noticed when like James Gunn was like talking about his DC, like he mentioned, he mentioned uh, Grant Morrison as well when talking about his Batman movies. So it seems like the whole like DCU as a whole is going to be taking like a lot of inspiration from Grant Morrison, which is awesome. Like I, I really like that idea as well. Yeah, and I think yeah, you, you, we talked about this before the podcast. You and Grant Morrison are from the same town, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, they came from um, Glasgow as well. Um, fun enough, it was Drumchapel, which is where my dad grew up as well. So probably grew up in the same area around about the same time, which is quite mental. But like, yeah, Grant Morrison's from Glasgow, which is something I just find out. Like, I didn't even realize that until like, I read the comic, and I was like, Grant Morrison, I know that name, and I looked him up, and I was like, oh my god, that's that Grant Morrison's from Glasgow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, next thing you know, you're going to do like an ancestry thing. It turns out you guys are going to be cousins. I mean, that's what happened to me with uh, Kevin Eastman, uh, the creator oh, really? of the Ninja Turtles. Turns out he's my 10th cousin. Uh, my mo my mother's maiden name is Eastman. So I've always had my thoughts, but I, I made yeah. an ancestry recently. And turns out, but yeah, who knows? Maybe you're related to Grant Morrison. You know how cool that would be? <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And so how does it, how do you feel as somebody from there, knowing that people like Alan Morg and Grant Morrison are, yeah. are going to play a huge inspiration on what James Gunn is going to be? Like, like you said, for Batman Brave and the Bold, they're doing Grant Morrison's run. And for All-Star Superman, they're taking, I'm not going to say they're adapting, but they're taking inspiration yeah. from All-Star Superman. And I'll get to that in a minute as well. So, how, But how does that feel like being from there, knowing somebody that grew up in a town that you did? Isn't I think it's kind of crazy because, like, obviously, like, like, over in Scotland, comic books are big, but they're not big. If you get what I mean, like, when you go to like, the comic book shops and stuff, they, they're really busy and stuff. But I, I think that's mostly because, like, they sell like, all the replica toys and that, and that's what people mostly go to them for. But, like, just kind of growing up, like, liking comics was always quite, like, a niche kind of thing. Like, I remember, like, the first time my girlfriend came up to my house and she saw all my comics. She was like, that's so cool. That's the first time I've actually saw, like, comics in person. And I was like, I didn't realise all that, like... Because everyone that like, I kind of were, were friends with, like, we were all, like, kind of became friends because we we're into comics and stuff. So, like, when you kind of see a lot of inspiration for like, big characters like Batman and Superman, who are obviously known as, like, American characters and stuff, and you're, like, they're going to be making the movies based off of someone's comic who came from Glasgow in Scotland, I find that is, like, actually quite insane because you're, like, wait, the writer for All-Star Superman, which is, like, one of the, known as one of the best comics ever written, comes from the same city as me. And now we're getting this full new DC universe, which is like inspired by a writer who came from Glasgow, which is just something I find mental because whenever you hear about like comic books, you never really hear much coming from Scotland from it. Like you have your big writers, obviously like Grant Morrison and Mark Miller and stuff, but you never really hear much coming from Scotland from it. It's the same with like TikTok as well. Like there's not a lot of people on it, like who are Scottish talking about comics as well, which I find mental as well. Like, there's, there's like me, I know like Professor Funko as well, Andrew Visual, there's a, there is a few, but it's just comics in Scotland just aren't associated with each other that much and it's just kind of insane that we're getting this new big cinematic universe that's inspired by a writer who comes from Glasgow and it's just insane. 
And somebody uh, wrote in the comments, I wonder what real life things inspired some fictional heroes. And it is, and there's actually something, like I wouldn't want to say, but this book in particular, I don't know if you know this, but Grant Morrison and I believe Mark Wade, before the, when this was just being talked about, Mark Wade and Grant Morrison, they were having lunch and then they saw this guy literally dressed as Superman walk in and Grant Morrison got up and just went to go talk to them. Literally, he was in character the entire time when talking to Grant Morrison. And Grant Morrison said he would ask him about Lois Lane. He would ask him about, and, and there's like you can look this up on YouTube. He like did this whole like interview on it. And that's insane, actually. It's yeah, it's crazy. Like oh, that, that is. And there's another like tie to it. And he said that his father had just uh, had just died when uh, he started writing um, All Star Superman, which yeah. which is also going to have like a really cool like connection later on. But when it came to the story itself, you know, like I said, Superman, Lex Luthor pretty much sets Superman up. You know, he sent yeah. him to the sun knowing that it was going to kill him. And now he's got a few days left. Like, what what do you think of the story, like, overall? I love the story because it was just kind of like, it humanized Superman in that way because we saw him dealing with mortality. And it's like, when you think of, like, Superman, you think of this guy who's indestructible who's like only weakness is kryptonite that is hard to get technically hard to get but so like you see this guy he's dealing with his mortality and it just grounds him so much more because you're watching him and he's just like anyone who found out if they were have the only didn't have much time left to live they would try and do everything they could that they wanted to in that time and it's just basically like such a human story for this like a big massive character and that's what i like about it i'm like this guy like obviously like I mean, if I found out I was going to be gone in a few weeks, so the things that I would do is completely different, but it's still relatable because you're like, this is just the things that he wanted to do. He wanted to prepare the world for him being gone. He wanted yeah. Lois Lane. He wanted to go on one last date with her and stuff. And it's like, it's go, it kind of ranges from the things he's doing to like the big things like preparing the world for another Superman. And then, like I said, just going on like one last date with Lois Lane, which is like probably the most human thing he done in that. Or even like talking to the girl on the rooftop as well. Like it's actually... It's just a big range, and that's what I love about it. It's so human, but it's still so like grand as well. And I think that's what's so good about it. One thing that I really appreciated was when they were writing this, they weren't just writing a Superman story. They were writing Superman throughout the decades, like from the beginning by yeah. Joe, uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel all the way to went uh, all the way to two thousand five to two thousand eight. You know, they were telling different iterations different decades a legacy if you will yeah, exactly. um, yeah like <laughs> you so. know and that's what i think james gunn is going to be doing but I'll, like i said i'll get to that in a minute grant even said that there are points where you feel like superman is a different character in each issue and that was yeah. that was done purposely which i thought was so cool like it was just telling superman because lately we've been getting into the the evil superman trope yeah, which, exactly. which i even i'll admit it's getting a little too overdone and yeah. it's nice to see this version of superman just you know a all-around good dude trying to save the world and just overall just being a good person yeah so when i read this book there were points where i was just like damn you know like i feel i felt that you know like yeah like those times you're reading it like and you're, you're just so entertained at points and then you get to a point where you're just like whoa right Right, this is getting too emotional. It's getting a little too real. <laughs> yeah, like Jesus, calm down, calm down. I can't do this. <laughs> like what? Like, like what is the the iconic one of the girl about yeah. to jump off the building and Superman being like, "Hey, I think it was like she was on the phone with her therapist, and her therapist's train was running late, 
And yeah. as and it was actually set up a couple of uh, pages before that you can hear a lady on the phone. She's like, "I'm I'm late. I promise. I'm I didn't forget you. I didn't forget you." And, oh yeah, so yeah. No, and no, then no, no. like two pages later, it's Superman on the ledge, and he was like, "She really is running late." Turned around, yeah. hugged her, and that was the. And that's such yes, that's such a Superman thing. You yeah, know, just like just being like that calm and such a like. Like and like obviously in real life it's a crazy situation where I don't think a lot of people would be able to stay calm, but then it's like Superman just like flies in and is just like she's right, she's not lying to you, you're okay. That kind of yeah. thing. I was just like that snapped. <laughs> like that just was yeah. like, <laughs> And that's where I want to give Frank quietly his flowers because when he drew this, there's a lot of points in this book where you can see that he sets up things for later on in the pages. And there's even one that's not even talked about, like at the beginning when Superman is walking Lois home, right before he reveals himself as Superman, there's like a scaffolding thing like over a train track that falls and it hits the ground and everybody freaks out about it. But before that happens, you can actually see Superman bump into a guy and then the guy yeah. gets super mad at Superman, but they never acknowledge it. But it, the reason why Superman bumped him was because he knew that was going to fall and he didn't want to give away like his secret identity that's why i believe frank quietly deserves a little bit of like respect for just like little yeah, setups like, for that because it's, like it's half the medium yeah it's like, that's the thing like with comics as so visual so like sometimes i think especially when you're reading like grant morrison stuff you would be reading it and then it's like because a lot of grant morrison's work you're constantly you read like the same page like five times because you're like wait i've like because you want to pick up on everything because everything is just so especially when it's drawn yeah. by like frank quietly as well you're like wait i want to well i need to see what's happened there because you see something happen in one page, like, wait, what did I miss in that next page? And you notice something in, like, the corner of the a panel that's so big that's going to lead on to something and you don't realise it until you go back and check over it. And that's what I love about it because I feel like you can go back and read a comic and it's a completely different experience for the first time because you notice more and more things, like, when you're, like, kind of analysing the panels more and stuff. It's really interesting that way. By the way, I am going to be interacting with comments as well. So there are some people, like, Michael Ward said, when I was younger, I didn't like Superman, but when I got older, I started to like his story. And that's that's something that I can agree with, too. I wasn't a big Superman fan until very recently. Yeah, I was recently. the same as well. I think when you're, like, a young kid, you, you prefer, like, the kind of, like, it's either, like, the really funnier characters, like Spider-Man and Flash, or, like, the much more darker characters, like Batman, because when you're a kid, you're like, that's just so cool and stuff. But when you're older, yeah. you start because the older I got, I started to appreciate Superman more and more. I think when I got when I saw Man of Steel, which I know a lot of people don't love, but I remember when I first watched Man of Steel, I was like, I loved that movie, and because I didn't really have a big understanding of Superman, but even I still love the movie. But that's what set me on like my Superman spiral after watching Man of Steel, and I was like, that's insane to me. How over the years as I got older, that's when I started to appreciate the character more. I'm trying to figure out what my, like, because, like I said, this is very recent for me, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what my Superman, like, because yeah. I, I know for a fact it wasn't Henry Cavill, you know, like, wh like I liked Man of Steel, like, I, I could yeah. argue that that was a good movie, I, I will admit, and actually, since we're on the topic, uh, Man of Steel even features a monologue from Jor-El that's word for word, almost, from all-star superman yeah exactly it, like, exactly so you know like that that's kind of a cool and Zack snyder is known for doing that like when he when he did watchman he threw a lot of like lines from the book into the like the iconic lines like where's my face or oh i, I or whatever but like that one it kind of like what is it differentiates because man of steel and this book are are, are very two different uh, adaptations of superman you know yeah 100 percent. yeah like two so like seeing different. that he used that it's like it's like a yeah, you know. it's like, 
like Man of Steel was like at the start of his career, and then like that's it all starts with him as a century at the end. It's, it was two very weird things. I do think like I, I did like Zack Snyder's DC stuff, but he did like to just throw in random references for the comics that even if it didn't make sense, just to have like that reference in, I think. But yeah, exactly. They they try to throw in a ton of random references, which I'm kinda I I hope James Gunn kinda does, but like from what I've seen from what James Gunn has done in the past, you know, like he had John Ostrander make a cameo in Suicide Squad. He was the, the doctor that put the chip in Savant's yeah. neck was the writer of the Suicide Squad comics from back in the day. I know that um Paul Kupperberg got a uh, a name drop in Peacemaker, so that was pretty yeah. cool as well. You know, so I hope that James Gunn kind of does the same thing. You know, you saw like little bits of Eclipso, you know, and you could tell James Gunn is obviously a fan. So yeah, I, I can't wait to yeah. see. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to see like where he goes with that. Is there anything about the book though in itself that you would say disagree with? Maybe if you could change I something. Was, I thought it was quite weird. Like it was like telling Lois Lane that it was Superman like Clark Kent and she was just like I think you said the same thing as well and she just doesn't believe him and it's just like why would they lie like why, why yeah they exactly <laughs> like, yeah it's not the fact that like, Lois didn't believe him it's the fact that Lois just kept not believing him like at yeah. first I can understand like at yeah, first exactly. like Clark Kent Superman like, okay but then later on he's like literally picking up your car like you gotta believe him <laughs> at some point Lois like, you know and they made her kind of dumb yeah I was like this guy is gonna die soon it just he just wants to spend some time with his girlfriend, man. Just believe him. She even shot him. Like, <laughs> she even shot him. She was just like, this guy is not Clark. Pew! Like, fact, like she shot him thinking like, oh, right, that, no way is this guy Clark or Superman. She shoots him and was like, you know if that guy wasn't Superman, he would have been, like, gone. Like, and, and, and you could even argue at the end of the book, she still kind of doesn't believe it. Yeah, which kind of that, that's like the one thing I didn't like like Lois Lane is a lot of things but an idiot is not one of them she yeah, is exactly. smart she's the, one of the smartest journalists at the Daily Planet she's an investigative journalist okay I'm pretty sure like I always kind of like the story where she kind of finds out that Clark is Superman before yeah, Clark like, does yeah, like Superman 2 as well when she's like she just kind of starts putting two together and then she just throws herself into the, the river yeah <laughs> she's like right this is going to prove it once and for all like, for this story, I get it, because, like, the you have to get to that storyline quick, so maybe Superman, like, revealing himself at first, is it's like, alright, whatever, but she just didn't believe it, and I'm like, yeah, Lois, come a, on. Yeah, and it was the fact that she was, like, sneaking around the fortress as well, trying to find something, like, no, this isn't do. this isn't right, I'm just like, right, come on, the poor man's going to die soon, just chill. Yeah, now let's talk about, like, the overall, like, message of this story because if I were to like say we've talked about how it was like a, the decades of Superman yeah. but let's talk about like the story in itself you know would you consider like Lex is a villain of this story you know yeah. Lex is he's trying to get power and he's, he's trying to like he's like I got you I'm trying to outsmart Superman and that's what he did but throughout the story we see Superman kind of come to his humanity he wasn't the same from beginning to end you know yeah it's kind of hard to say what his story arc was. Do, do you have an idea of what his story arc was? At first, like, when I was reading it, I was like, it's just, at first I was just kind of thinking that it's like Superman as a guy just dealing with his morality. But then from there, I was like, wait. And then I was like, well, we try to set the world up and stuff. But then I was like, because at first he is trying his best to try and stop, stop it from happening. He is trying to find a cure and stuff. He tries to, like, convince Lex to cure him. So I felt like, I genuinely just kind of felt like it was him accepting, like, it was his time to go. He can't. It was kind of like comics when his dad has the heart attack and stuff. It's always like, oh, all that power and I couldn't save him. 
So I kind of saw it as the same, really. He was just accepting the same of himself. as like, it's all this power, and I can't save myself either. That's the way I kind of took it. I don't know, it was kind of like, it It was a bit daunting, because I feel like he went through like so many arcs at the same time. Yeah. But it, it was like still, what, not in a bad way, but just in like a way like, what was his actual like, thing at the end? That was my only thing as well. Like I said, it's hard for me to like really say, you know. I, I want to say it's Superman passing on the, the message that, He's he's here and that he's he's going to be here even after his death. Yeah, you know I feel yeah, I feel like that's yeah. kind of what the message is there. You know, kind of like he's gonna live on in all of us in yeah. a way. So it's like it goes so, beyond the comic book at that point as well. Like it's talking to yeah us exactly. Like, yeah, you know, and one thing I do like is that there weren't any spinoffs of this book. There aren't any, and this is an Elseworlds comic as well. Like, this isn't main yeah. canon Superman. So this is Elseworlds, for those who don't know, the main's that basically it's a different universe. It's not like the main Superman that we're used to seeing. That's what I also like, that it's a beginning to end story. You know, and it did kind of leave us on a cliffhanger, but we don't need that story. Yeah, you know? it was that way. It's like, it, was, it was more or less, I would say, like, kind of left open to interpretation, like, it ended, you can imagine in your head how it goes on, but they don't need to do like, a follow-up to it or anything. It can just end there, and you can just kind of imagine in your head where it goes. I feel like that's a bit, like, one of the best things about those kind of stories. One person just recently commented a minute ago, All-Star Superman, All-Star isn't my favorite, but it definitely shows the heart of Superman comics. And, yeah, we, we touched on that earlier. It, yeah. it does. It's, it's meant to show Superman throughout the decades, and... That's just one thing overall that I love about that. But let, let's talk about the animated movie because this was such a popular book. Like I said, it's won Eisner Awards. It's recognized by Time Magazine. It ranks second in the, in the 300 comics of its time. So it obviously, an animated movie had to happen. And it was written by Dwayne McDuffie. Are you familiar with Dwayne McDuffie? I've heard the name, but I can't pen his name. Okay. I'm really, I'm well, really he is the... Like... He passed away uh, a couple of years ago. He had a heart issue. But he's the creator of uh, co-creator of Milestone Media, which is the home to characters like Static Shock, uh, yeah. Icon, Rocket. So he he helped create he created all of those characters. On top of that, he also uh, did a lot of animated TV shows like Ben Ten, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. You know, he worked alongside a lot of those. So we, a lot of our childhood was from Dwayne McDuffie, and I feel like he deserves his flowers. Rest in peace, King. Like basically, he kind of made uh, people of color relevant in comics you know in yeah like i know milestone milestone focused on black stories but uh, it focused on kind of everybody at the same time that was like underutilized in the dc universe so he's de he was definitely like one of the right people to write this movie because he wrote all-star superman i just thought that was an interesting thing because it was also uh, it was directed by uh I, I forgot his name but he uh he also did all those new 52 dc movies you know the the connected universe where yeah, it ended with I with start with flash back on at the same time it's like i i, I should have wrote it down i'm stupid for not doing that <laughs> but but he directed it but l let's talk about how it was a pretty good adaptation of the story like what do you think of the adaptation in itself from what i remember because i remember like, i watched it years ago like when kind of not long after it came out so like, i keep meaning to rewatch it recently as well but i just never really got around to it but from what i remember like because i saw the movie first because I, I remember watching it years ago but from what I remember from the movie compared to the comic, I know there were some differences, but I think overall it did actually adapt the comic pretty well from what I remember. I could be wrong, but vaguely I remember like I remember shots from the comic happening in animation form. So that's how I'm kinda of remembering yeah. it, if you get me. 
Yeah, and I well, luckily for you, I watched it immediately after I finished the book because I wanted to see the difference. One thing I noticed that they, they cut out something that honestly I do kind of feel like wasn't really like important to the story, and it was the Bizarro world. The yeah. when Superman accidentally went to the Bizarro, they kind of just skipped over that. I feel like that could have been cut out. Like it what it brought a lot to the story. It helped bring uh, Superman to like the reality that you know, it's weird. It's okay to be different on another planet because that's what yeah. happened on the Bizarro. In the book, Superman came to this world and Bizarro people are not the smartest. They basically have the minds of, of toddlers, you know? Yeah. And, and But there was one guy on that planet who wanted to leave because he was way smarter. And that was like a, that was like a rare thing to happen, but it did happen. There was a smarter person that could keep up with Superman and everything that he was saying. Yeah. And Superman promised to get him back. He said, I promise I'll come back for you. Never came back. But um, he <laughs> um, said, I'll promise I'll come back for you. But that's kind of why they cut off of them because that would have just left the loose end on the end of the movie. Yeah, that's like, that was just like one of the things in the comic that didn't get tied up. But I feel like, if you, like, like you were saying, if you did take out the comic, it wouldn't really, it wouldn't really have made a difference anyway. So it's, I suppose if like, they don't add it to the movie, that just kind of makes sense as well then. Yeah, and other things that they cut out was uh, Jimmy Olsen ha kind of had like his own thing going on. In the book, Jimmy Olsen was kind of like like doing his own story, you know, pretending to be like a CEO for a week or pretending to do this for a week. And that was like yeah. the story, the beat that he was on. Uh, actually, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Jimmy Olsen's uh, depiction was actually based on Robbie Williams from uh, the Harry Potter movies. Really? He played Hagrid. Yeah, he was. I, I looked that up before the podcast. I was like, really? He's based on it. Uh, Robbie Williams. That's interesting. Like the the facial features and everything. Yeah. It's, it's Robbie Williams. I thought you would find that interesting. You know, Jimmy Olsen kind of had his own thing and they brought it in and out a little bit. Like they kind of just they kind of referenced that Jimmy Olsen was doing other things, but he wasn't like, you know, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, the story focused on Superman and Lois Lane and Lex Luthor and what was going on there. Uh, I need to actually go and rewatch it again because, like I said, it was like years ago. But I do need to like I need something to watch soon anyway. So I might actually yeah. I guess I think I can get it Blu-ray. I'll pick up Blu-ray and give that a wee, wee watch. Yeah, and it was it was made around the same. I think it was made around the same time. I I, I didn't write down the year, but it was made around the same time. Dark Knight Rises came, or not Dark Knight Rises? Excuse me. Dark Knight came out uh, with yeah, Christian Bale. I, yeah, I remember like, at that point just watching like the Dark Knight and then watching all the animated movies. So oh, Star Superman was one of the ones I watched. Because right. I watched it like at the same time like I watched like all the other ones. I think it just like was like just messed up with everything. So I done like a, a binge one night because that was like when I started to get into comics as well. Yeah, and one thing that the movie did that I, I truly wish that DC could go back to doing was that when they animated their movies, they made it look exactly like or as close as they could to the comic book. Like the, yeah, the style, as well, yeah. you know, and like now they kind of have like they're doing like their shared universe with the tomorrow verse, but and with that new 52 universe that I was talking about earlier, it, they all kind of had that shared universe. And like, so all the animation looks exactly the same. Yeah. But when they did this story, it looked so cool because it looked like Frank quietly like they he did the storyboard, you know, yeah, kind of like I Invincible like looks like to its to its comic book counterpart. It kind of looked the yeah. same, you know, it looked very similar. And that's really something like I miss that DC well. needs to go back to. Yeah, because I remember like, um, what was that? What? The thing is with the Tomorrowverse, I like, not art style, but I, I kind of like the idea of like the, each movie having its own unique art style as well. Because yeah. I don't know, I just kind of prefer that when it comes to animated movies, like it just having its own unique. Although with the Tomorrowverse, it kind of gave me like 50s vibe. Yeah, I remember like, uh, the New Frontier comic as well. It reminds me of that, like because the New Frontier movie that had the same artwork as the comic as well, which was pretty awesome. So we've talked about the book itself. We've talked about like the animated movie, but let, let's talk about like the future for this book because yeah. James Gunn 
is now the co-CEO James Gunn, the former writer-director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, wrote and directed The Suicide Squad that came out, um, what, 2019, 2020? 2020? It was right after the pandemic ended. That's when it came out. It yeah. was one of the first movies to come out in theaters. Just before or just after? The it was just out, but... after. But yeah. basically, he did that Suicide Squad movie, and then which followed into 2021. Somebody wrote 2021. Thank you. It was ah. so he did that movie, and then he did Peacemaker, and now he's doing Superman Legacy, and he's writing Creature Commandos as well. And yeah. Superman Legacy, he said, is going to be based, inspired, I should say, on, or at yeah. least that's what I think is going to happen on All Star Superman. So when you first heard that news, how did you feel? At first, I was like. Oh, that's awesome! Though, like an All Star Superman adaptation, but then I was also a bit like, wait, how do you go to do an All Star Superman adaptation for like a first? Remember, because like the point of that comic is that he does die, and I was like, wait, right? Yeah. So that's when I started to realize. I think it's more just going to like, like you were saying, like it's a celebration of like Superman for the years of legacy. I think that's what it's going to be more like, and it's going to just kind of have that hopeful like tone that the All Star Superman comic. Yes. Has. But also the thing is with All Star Superman as well, like. I always describe it as like one of the most hopeful, yet like saddest comics I've read in my life. So I feel like Superman Legacy is going to be a very hopeful, optimistic movie, but something very tragic is going to happen in it. And that's what like yeah. my brain automatically thought as well. Yeah, that's why I partly think that this is not going to be an adaptation, but an inspiration. Yeah. I've said it like a million times, but All-Star Superman is a celebration of Superman all the way through time since its creation. And that's essentially what I think James Gunn is going to be doing for Superman Legacy. Because, like, the main, like, contradiction, like, the main argument that a lot of people have is, this is the beginning of a new DCU. What legacy does Superman have? And that's, that's the thing. Henry Cavill, uh, Brandon Routh, Christopher Reeve, that's the legacy. Those yeah, exactly. previous Supermen are all going to have a part to play in David Cornsweet's Superman. I feel like it's going to be a celebration of every Superman movie to yeah, now. 100%. I feel like that as well. It's going to have something we love about every interpretation of Superman. I think, like, it's, I feel like this is going to be, like, the Superman that kind of brings all the DC fans together in a way, if you get me, because, like, the like, DCEU, it did divide fans a lot down the middle, but I feel like this new, like, version of Superman we're going to have, have just this new version of the movies in general. James Gunn's intention, anyway, is just to bring all the fans back, because it's going to, like, yeah. like said, it's a legacy, it's going to bring together every version of Superman, so it's going to have something from each version that everyone loved to basically bring all the fans back and unite the fans yeah. as well. That's, that's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, like everything you love, like all the things you love about Henry, all the things you love about, uh, you know, uh, as somebody said, uh, Tyler Hoechlin, everything yeah. you love about him, every, every even you can go as far as say animated Superman, like uh, Nolan North, you know, yeah, everything exactly. you love about those versions of Superman will, you will see in this version of Superman, and that's why I believe it's going to be called but uh, Superman Legacy. But the characters, we're going to be seeing characters like Mr. Terrific, Hawkgirl, yeah, exactly. the, the villain is the engineer, I believe, which yeah, is uh, which could lead into the authority as well, which uh, we're not going to dive into. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> right there. Yeah, which leads to the authority. We got, um, who else is, everybody's showing up in this movie. Guy yeah. Gardner. Yeah, we're gonna be... <laughs> Guy Gardner. Is Nathan Fillion uh, playing Guy Gardner, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, Nathan <laughs> Fillion uh, is going to be playing Guy Gardner. And, you know, there's so many characters that are going to show up in this film that have nothing to do with the, the All-Star Superman, which is why I yeah, think exactly. it's not going to be an adaptation. But we are getting characters like Lois Lane. We are getting characters like um, Lex Luthor, Jimmy Olsen. 
so many great yeah. characters that I'm super excited to see, especially Jimmy Olsen, because he's part of the reason why I became a journalist. You know, uh, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, I remember I seen a video where you spoke about that, actually. The casting for him is perfect as well. Like, that guy. So, Skylar Jacindo is such yeah. a great choice. And, but speaking of which, let's talk about, since we're talking about casting, let's talk about David Cornsweet as Superman. Yeah. Because if I'm not mistaken, this should be the first time we get a Jewish actor to portray Superman, which yeah, is a it, yeah. big deal because yeah. it, and like I couldn't find anything like to back it up. That's why I didn't write it. But there was, um, I think CBR did a, like an article saying that Yiddish theater played a role in the way that Clark Kent moved in the comic book. It's because he was created by Joe Shuster and Jerry Siegel all those years ago, who were two Jewish men. A lot of people have this idea that Superman is a Jesus allegory, when in actuality, Moses allegory. Yeah, you know? like, so, like the, like going down the like Moses in the basket, going down a river, Superman getting sent in a spaceship down to Earth. Like it's very, it's more yes. something like that than it is the whole Jesus thing. Yeah, and the Jewish religion, it's not just a religion, it's an ethnic religion, meaning yeah. like, it's an ethnicity, so it's important to have a, a Jewish person play the Jewish character. And actually, I'm taking a media diversity class this semester, and that's a topic that we're going to be talking about soon. Oh, nice. But yeah, no, I'm really excited about that, especially because... Uh, but I remember seeing like all of my Jewish friends just get so excited when they heard that David Cornsweet got casted. And I think that's important to the character as well. Like That, yeah, that just shows that, that we're doing this right. You know, we're going we're gonna to give you Superman that we all love. Yeah, like, it looks like Superman as well. Like it is crazy just how much like that like David Conswick just looks like Superman off the page. Because I saw a photo of him like, like right, that guy does look like exactly like <laughs> like Superman as well. And all of people say like it looks like Henry Cavill. Was like I mean it does, but the, all the Superman actors have a resemblance to each other because they look like Superman. They're all Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like exactly. Superman's got, okay. Uh, so yeah, no, they all kind of have a resemblance to it. Like it's Superman. Like when you yeah. think of Superman, you think of a guy with a strong chin. You think of it, you know, big body, you know, black, the black hair, all, all of it. You know, you yeah, think, exactly. of, you know, truth, justice, better tomorrow, standing dude, you know? And, you know, so yeah, of course all the Superman are going to look like Superman. Yeah, exactly. But I liked Henry Cavill in the role. I was, I was a little, I was a little bummed out that we weren't going to see him again. But yeah, I knew, yeah. Go ahead. But, yeah, because I feel like we're going to, like, after, like, Justice League, we're going to get, like, he was going to be brought back to life to be, like, the hopeful Superman, and then it just didn't happen. I was like, oh, right, that was a bit sad. But then I'm also, I, I was, like, bummed out, but I'm also excited to see what to do as well with, like, uh, David Cornsweet and stuff as well. Because I liked Henry Cavill as much as I did, but I'm excited to see, like, this more hopeful, like, Superman as well. But I felt so bad for Henry Cavill when he had to put that post up, saying that, like, oh, oh, yeah. after announcing it in October, I'm no longer playing Superman. I was like, oh... That, like, yeah, well, I think we could all agree that James Gunn was kind of put in like the worst possible position when he got hired as yeah. the because uh, even before he was put in the CEO position, he was writing Superman Legacy. He already had he said he was writing it for six months before he became the uh, yeah, I remember saying that you know, so this was a plan, they were never planning. And if I'm not mistaken, like, I'm gonna go in a little like my tinfoil hat, uh, Dwayne Johnson kind of went over the heads of DC to bring back Henry Cavill. And that's part of the reason why Walter Hermata, who used to be the CEO of DC, walked out. Because yeah. he was like, I told you not to do that. And it looked, and when James Gunn, he was put in the worst possible position. He was just like, we just got our super, we just got Henry Cavill back. We just yeah. got all this back. We just got a lineup for Batgirl. We got a lineup for all this. And then he's just like, ah, oh, crap. I have to cancel all of this. <laughs> you know, they basically handed him a bag of garbage and said, can you fix that? And he said, no, I have to start over. 
It's like, right, I'm going to break every fan of this franchise's heart right now in one single day. And then everyone's like, slow the news about everything getting cancelled. And it's like, right, this is a full-on reboot that's happening now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, you know, on top of that, he says he's going to keep some of the characters, the ones that he worked with, you know? It's like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, but overall, I am so excited for what James Gunn has uh, in store. And since since we're talking about it, there's actually something really cool that it's 100% a coincidence. I do not think this was done purposely in the slightest. But when Grant, like I said earlier, Grant Morrison, when they were writing the All-Star Superman book, they said that their dad had died. Uh, before yeah, I read that as well. And that their dad played a little bit of a role in when, when writing Superman. And believe it or not, James Gunn's father uh, recently had passed. Yeah, because um, that's coming out on his, his dad's birthday, isn't it? It's yeah. And the movie is coming out on his father's birthday. Yeah. You know? And I, like I said, I don't know if it's like, like if he did that, if James Gunn did that purposely or if he did it by accident. But I just think it's a really cool connection between the book and, and the movie. You know, like, like their fathers are playing a huge role in, in, the, in the production of this film. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, can it, it gives that like... Even if, like, obviously the movie's, like, inspired by it, and we know it's not going to be a full adaptation, but it just gives it, like, that bit more, like, connectivity as well to it. I don't know, like, how to explain it, but it's, like, the fact that both our dads inspired, like, the writing of this story is, it's just insane because it, like, it's probably, like, a generational thing as well because I feel like everybody's, like, every comic book fan's dad, even if, like, their dad isn't into comics, knew Superman at one point, like, they were always into Superman. I think that is... Kind of a crazy thing. So my dad, like, he is nothing about comics, but he likes Superman. Like, and I feel like it was the same yeah. with like his dad as well. He didn't like comics, like Superman. And I think that is just like, I think everybody's dad for some reason is just associated like with liking Superman. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, I think that's like a like a thing. Every dad has a Superman phase. Uh, yeah. it, it's it, it's their canon event, if you will. <laughs> you, know, you got you got to like Superman at one point or another. It's, you just, know? Not so, it's just never come out of it. We are like the ones that stay in the yeah. Superman fits. We said that this wasn't going to be a uh, an adaptation, but if there was anything from this book that you would want to see in the movie that at least alludes to the fact that this is this is inspired, what is a scene or a, a, a something that that happens in the book that you would want to see on screen? That's a tough one. I think. Do you know what, honestly, <laughs> I think she is just, like, a way to, like, show that this is a Superman who does care about, like, singular people as well, as opposed to just stopping, like, catastrophes and stuff. See, like, the rooftop scene with the girl and stuff, I feel like that would be really good to include the movie because it just kind of shows that Superman goes out of his way to help every single, like, every single person, no matter how big or small it is. Like, she was, like, obviously, like, pushed to the brink, and I feel like that's just, like, a way to, like, kind of show, like, a more human side to Superman as well, like, have like a scene where he goes and like stops like some meteorite or something but right after it like he goes and like talks the girl down from doing something like that because it just kind of shows like the two things he's capable of doing if you get me that'd yeah. be like a really cool thing to see yeah no i was thinking the exact same thing i i want i want to see that 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 the jumper the, the girl and uh because that one not like you said it's an important like superman will go out of his way to save everybody but yeah. like when you said that that immediately made me think of another scene that happens towards the or may, or at another part that happens towards the beginning with a puppy superman is running late for work and literally uh perry white is counting down he said if he's not in here in five four and it's like we're watching him yeah. rush to work but on the way during that five second countdown there's a dog that runs out into traffic 
Oh, yeah. And Superman saves that dog and brings it off to the side and then gets to work and is like, stop the presses. I have your story, <laughs> you know? Uh, I would I would love to see scenes like that. Just Superman, like, on his way, but then seeing something and just be like, oh, crap. I, it, it's kind of like when um, when Superman in the all, uh, what is it, My Adventures with Superman, he saw the cat in the tree, he had to save the cat out of the tree. He's like, all right, now I go to work. You know, yeah. I, I want to see something that like that. Not, I don't know how. Oh, can, dude. They're not showing it so over good. here yet, and it's so annoying because I'm like, I don't even know oh. what Oh, because like, we, we don't have, like, HBO Max yet, which is, like, so Oh, annoying. okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, I need to. I mean, it's an Adult Swim show. I don't know if that that helps or not. Like, if you could watch Adult Swim shows somewhere. Yeah, so, I'm gonna figure that out because actually, I've been trying to like find it on anything. Like Superman and Lois season three hasn't even showed here yet either, which is like devastating because they showed like season two just after it finished in the US, and then season three is still nowhere to be seen, which is. Sad. Yeah, I know. I've heard that like DC has to get better about getting their stuff over to you guys. Yeah, like they're actually like, like quite like. It took ages for us to get the app as well. Like, I love the DC app, but it took us so long to get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, man. It's like the British people and the, the Scottish people and everybody in Europe. We like DC too, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you base your stuff off one of our writers. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's a crazy thing. Because like in the, the right when the Comics Code was lifted, you guys took so many writers like Alan Moore and, and, and Grant Morrison, Mark Miller, and yeah, exactly. had them write... <laughs> And now they, and now the people that, that they live with can't even enjoy it. Uh, you know, so it's crazy, man. But like I said, yeah, I agree. Uh, we should have scenes where, you know, Superman kind of flies in, saves the kitty or saves the kid or just, just like, like side quests real quick while yeah. he's in the rush though, to get to like his mission, you know, and I hope to see that, that good feel good. I want this to be a good, I want to feel good after this. And yeah, that, exactly. that's, yeah. And, and before we close out, I, I do want to talk about like when we go back to the book and close out, because this is about the book. When I heard that this was the greatest Superman story ever told, everyone told me that I was kind of thinking crisis, you know, a dark Phoenix, you know, superhero, yeah, spectacular. Like, yeah. And really that's not exactly what this book is. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's not well. what this was. That's not what this was. This was a just a feel-good Superman story, you know? Yeah, that's um, I, When I shut the book, I felt good. Yeah, And exactly. that's how like, Superman's supposed to make you feel. Because that's the thing with, like, Superman comics. I always just find, like, the smaller-scale stories. Like, this is a guy who's, like, the like, most powerful superhero on the planet and stuff. But, like, it's always his stories that are far more small-scale that are just, like, so much better, I think. Like, like I said, for all seasons, it's just... It's his origin story just told from the perspective of other people. And it's just such a wholesome story to read. And then you you finish it like I just feel good after that, and it's like I don't I don't I don't need to see him like fighting this like apocalyptic event. I just want to see Superman just do some like nice things, and it just makes you feel like like nice inside. Yeah. If you get me, yeah. Yeah, I I feel that so much. But but so before we head out, thank you, Liam, so much for meeting out uh, meeting up with me. I I do appreciate talking to you. We got to do it again soon, sometime. Yeah. Uh, before we man. go though, before we go, man, you want to plug yourself in? Tell tell the audience where we can find you. So I'm on TikTok, it's Liam is a nerd. I have an Instagram as well, it's on it's on my link as well. Um, and I have a, I say I have a YouTube, I post a short on it every now and then if I make a video under a minute. But yeah, that's just me, um, Liam is a nerd on TikTok. I do comics, movies, same as Shubi. Fun enough, I was actually like following you for like months before you like you followed me as well, because I remember you commenting. Oh really? And I was like, oh, oh, 
Oh, I thought that. You probably back. I was like, oh, this is my, this is my big old star moment. Now, now, now you're on the podcast, man. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Look at, look how far we've come. You know, like, like I don't know, like how far you are from like London or wherever, but if I do make a trip over to to that area, I will definitely try and reach out to see if we could like hang out. You know, yeah, definitely. because I'd I love like, to actually meet you. I get a discount and a and a pub. So there we go. Yeah, definitely. So thank you guys for following the podcast. My name is Ben Schubert. You can follow me at Shuby Dubert at uh, all platforms. And you can follow this podcast at Comic Comedians. We are just starting this back up. And thank you, Liam, again, for coming on. And if you haven't read All-Star Superman, uh, I can't believe you sat through this whole podcast. But, like, you, you, you got to go read it. You. You ru- well, we didn't ruin it. Yeah, I don't we think we ruined, ruined it. it. There's so much. But, like, you got to go check it out. We're super excited for what James Gunn has in store. Keep in touch. Keep following. And we'll see you guys later. Peace out, Girl Scouts.